Welcome back to the Rookie to Riches podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Alexander. And if you're just joining us, this podcast is all about the connection between athletes, business, finance, entrepreneurship, and how the connection of these topics come together to help athletes achieve success both on and off the field, as well as how they can make the most of their life situation with the resources that they have. I hope you stick around and give us a listen. Without further ado, here we go. Today's question applies to all athletes on a broad scale. Now, everyone's situation is going to be unique, a little bit different, and whether you're a professional athlete who's had a high income for a few short years and now you're retired, or maybe you're an athlete who's been just shy of those bid bucks, but you're trying to make the most of your situation, or maybe you're an athlete who's left the game and you're in a career change in a totally different field, regardless of where you are, these three points that we're going to talk about today will be your keys to financial success and achieving excellence on that road. So the question, what does a financially smart athlete look like? And that all starts with number one, which is developing a budget. All financially smart athletes will track their income and expenses in some sort of form. Ideally, it will be written down so you can check it and reference it at any point. But the main components of a budget are giving every single dollar that you have a specific purpose. And the first thing that you have to look at is your income. There's gross pay and then there's net pay. Gross pay is if you have a salary of $100,000, that's before your taxes are taken out. When your taxes are taken out, that's called your net pay. And net pay is what you actually keep in your bank account. So your budget has to start with what's actually going into your bank account instead of making that mistake of budgeting for more than you're actually going to keep. Once you have your income determined, then you need to assign a purpose for every dollar. That can be whatever you like. You're going to have some expenses and things that automatically come out of your bank account, such as what you do for housing payments, for food, for transportation, all those bills that you're going to pay. But then you also want to give your money a purpose for the fun stuff that you like in life too. And we'll touch more on that later. But step one is develop a budget and track those expenses. The next component of that budgeting aspect is to live below your means. So if you know that you have $10,000 every month that you can spend, don't spend more than that. It sounds basic, but if you do, you're going to end up with hardship. If you see how much money you have to spend, spend less than that. And then the rest will be used to build up your savings and your overall net worth and your financial health will be through the roof. So live below your means after seeing how much you have to spend. And then the third step is just be accountable. This is the hard part because instant gratification is a lot more fun than developing a long-term plan. But if you can have your plan with your goals and your budget written out, stick to it. And if you stick to it for a long time, you will be successful no matter what stage of life you are, no matter what your income is, and no matter what you're up to career-wise. So develop a budget, track the income and outgo, live below your means, and be accountable. That is the first task of a financially smart athlete. The next component of a financially smart athlete is avoiding bad debts and lending or borrowing money to areas that are not understood. So let's dive into the first part of that. Number one, be skeptical of money that you borrow 
or money that you lend to people. So if you are lending money, assume you're never going to get it back. It should be money that you're okay losing and getting no return on. This is oftentimes where people might fall into bad investments or you know, business investments might not pan out. But if you're going to lend money or even borrow money from people, whatever it might be for, you have to fully understand the process of how that works. If something is confusing to you or you don't know every single bit about it, don't go through with it. So if you're not sure about this friend's business investment that they say is going to be great and guaranteed profits, if you're not totally sure how it works and they can't walk you through the process, don't invest with that. Don't lend that money out unless you're comfortable losing it. Also, in terms of borrowing money, if someone has an opportunity where you can get something now or finance it, and you're not sure how that process actually works, like maybe borrowing money for real estate investments or borrowing money to open up a car dealership, just for example, you're not sure exactly how that process goes, don't do it. Because whatever you do financially, you should understand every step of the way. If you understand it, you'll be in great shape. So after being skeptical about lending or borrowing money, the next step of avoiding bad debts is to get rid of car payments with an asterisk. So car payments are generally not a good idea. First of all, vehicles almost always lose value through depreciation. And secondly, they're expensive. It's money that you're paying that you didn't have in cash on a depreciating asset. So the money's losing value in the vehicle, and then you're still paying on it. Also add the cost of interest to that loan, and it's kind of a triple threat in terms of hurting your financial health. Overall, car payments are not a good idea, and to avoid this, just find any vehicle that you can pay 100% in cash. If you only have $4,000 on you and you need a vehicle ASAP, congrats. You have $4,000 to go find a vehicle. It will save you the headache in the financial hardship in the long run. But in the event that you are financially able to make a car payment work, here are some rules that you should follow. First, your total transportation cost should be no more than 10% of your take home pay. So if you take home $10,000 a month, that means 1,000 of it can go towards vehicle and transportation. That includes gas, insurance, maintenance, your car payment. All that would have to be less than $1,000, given that example. So as long as it follows that rule, that's one box that is checked. The second box that's checked would be your car payment would have to be equal to the amount that you save every month. So if you're saving $1,000 a month and you're able to keep your transportation cost to $1,000 or less per month, then you could have a car payment in that range. So if you're saving $1,000 a month and your total transportation cost is $1,000 a month, including that car payment, gas, insurance, maintenance, then that would be okay to do. But if your car payment is $1,000 a month, we'll use it again, and you're only able to save $500, that box would not be checked and a car payment would not be a good decision for you in that case. Obviously, there are some asterisks where you can move money around, but overall, avoid bad debts such as car payments. The last thing that a financially smart athlete will do in terms of bad debts are credit cards. Don't rack up credit card debt. 
and here are your two rules for using credit cards that will keep you successful with them. First of all, don't spend any money on a credit card that you couldn't already afford in cash. If you are going shopping and you have $100 in your bank account, but your credit card will let you spend 1000 you don't get to spend 1000 You only put what you would be able to spend in cash. So that $100 is what you would use. As long as you follow that rule, you can move on to the next one. Pay your credit card bill in time and in full. So when the credit card bill is due, you pay the entire thing off. And since you've only spent what you can afford in cash, that should be no problem for you. Therefore, you're avoiding that bad debt of taking on credit card debt. If you want to go a step further, you can not use credit cards at all. And then you can have debit cards or just pay in cash. And that'll keep things more simple. But in the event you do want credit cards or maybe some of the rewards or the extra benefits they might offer, that's okay. Just make sure you follow the rules of only buying things that you can afford in cash and pay them in full and on time. The third thing that a financially smart athlete will do, and this brings us to our concluding factor, is developing a savings investing plan for the short and the long term. Ultimately, we have goals. We have goals for a lot of things that we want to do. And money is a tool that helps us achieve many of these goals. But the first thing that we have to start out with before getting to these is establishing an emergency fund. An emergency fund is three to six months of our current lifestyle expenses. So take the expenses that you have right now, and you should be able to see them in the budget that you made in step one. Add them all up, see all the expenses you have, and multiply that by three. If you are spending $3,000 a month, multiplied by three, that's $9,000. You should have a minimum of $9,000 in a savings account that you save for emergencies. And ideally, since I said three to six months, you double that, you want between nine and $18,000 if your expenses are three grand a month. But again, three to six months of current expenses in a savings account for things such as emergency medical bills. Or maybe, you know, you have a job loss or a natural disaster hits your home or any of these whammy expenses that we really can't control. As long as we can have some sort of a buffer set aside in a bank account, we'll be able to weather the storm and get through any situation that really happens in our best method of preparation. But three to six months of current expenses in a savings account that you touch for emergencies. The second part is investing at least 20% of your take-home pay towards retirement or your future savings. So again, if we'll use $10,000. If you make $10,000 a month, 20% of that is $2,000. You should be putting at least $2,000 away for your future goals and savings so that you can live your lifestyle financially free. The quicker that you want to be financially free, just invest a larger percentage of your money and you'll be able to be financially free sooner. But 20% is a great starting point and something that almost everyone should be able to achieve with a little bit of targeted effort. And then the third thing. Now, with this 20% that you're investing, put it in a safe place that's meant for growth. So ideally, some sort of index fund or a mutual fund or an ETF that mirrors the S&P 500 or the total stock market as a whole. Diversity in portfolios is a great way to mitigate risk and also see larger potential for growth. But 
some sort of investment like an index fund that mirrors the S&P 500 and our total stock market will keep your investment safe and help this grow for the long term in the future. And little tip, if you put this on auto pay or auto deposit for your bank account and auto invest it, it's a lot easier to manage. And then it's a set it and forget it mindset. Now you just have to look at the money that you have to play with instead of having to manage this as well. So that's one tip that you can use to save money. The third thing that a financially smart athlete will do with their savings and investing plan is to have a savings account for the fun stuff. So with our budgeting and saving as a whole, it sounds like, oh, I have to use my money for later and I have to only spend it on boring things and cut out the lifestyle I really want. But you can flip the script and add things in that help enhance your lifestyle. So instead of cutting things out, Think of adding in your fun things. Mathematically, it comes out to be the same, but it's a nice mental perspective. So this savings account, you can save as much or little money as you want, but treat it like a rainy day account. If you want to go do something fun or just spur the moment, buy miscellaneous things, go on a shopping spree, go on a quick vacation. This is meant to do fun things. You can spend this money on hobbies. You can spend this money on cool toys if you want. So if you're into cars or maybe musical instruments or you just like to travel around, do it. Maybe you just want to buy some random stuff. That's okay too. But having the savings account that you just put money into that's solely meant for your fun spending is a nice way to kind of manage your lifestyle and go do the things that you like instead of having to worry about boring budgeting. This is a way that you can add fun into your life. So in conclusion, the financially smart athlete will do three things. First, develop a budget. Secondly, avoid bad debts. And third, we'll have a savings and investing plan for the short and the long term. If you can do these three things, no matter what stage of your career you're in, whether you're just getting out of high school or whether you're packing it in for retirement, wherever you are, these three things will keep you successful and will guide you towards financial excellence. That is all for episode two of the Rookie to Riches podcast. We look forward to seeing you next time. Follow us on social media and stay tuned for future episodes. Have a good one.